You're listening to the training podcast from PursueGod.org, the official training channel for pastors, small group leaders, and disciple makers. Find more resources to help train your church at PursueGod.org slash training. All right, today we are starting a four-week series called The Pursuit Training Edition. This is going to be four weeks where we go through the 12-part discipleship track called The Pursuit. So if you're new to the Pursue God resources, The Pursuit is our flagship series that really helps people go full circle as a Christian. It really helps people to understand what it means to become a follower of Jesus. So if you haven't checked out The Pursuit yet, make sure to go check that out at pursuegod.org forward slash go. But in this training series, we're going to do sort of a fast track version of The Pursuit. We're going to take three chapters at a time, three topics, three lessons, three weeks at a time, and we're going to cover it in a total of four weeks. Does that make sense? So who is this series for? It's for anyone who wants to start making disciples using the Pursue God resources, but you want to go through it in a little bit uh, of a fa- at a faster pace, right? You, you, you're already a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus. You don't necessarily need to go through the pursuit in 12 weeks. So we're going to fast track you. We're going to train you up. We're going to give you kind of this bird's eye view of what the pursuit is all about. So in this first lesson, we're going to talk about the first three lessons of the pursuit. And this is the introductory module of the pursuit. So the goal for this module is to build, is to help you as a disciple maker to build a relationship with the person that you're discipling, the person that you're bringing through the pursuit. So in lesson number one, we're going to give just an introduction to what it means to pursue God. In lesson number two, we're going to talk about why the Bible is reliable and trustworthy. And lesson number three is called Imago Dei. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this concept that's so important in the Bible that everyone is created in the image of God. So before I jump into those individual lessons, we're going to just give you a quick overview of those lessons. I'll talk talk it through really with a disciple maker in mind, right? So I'm assuming you're already a Christian and you just want to learn how to use these resources to disciple somebody. So let's let's jump into lesson number one. It's called Pursue God. The, the title is Three Truths for Every Pursuit of God. Let me read the three truths for you, go over some of the scripture, and then give you some pointers on how to have this first conversation with someone that you're discipling. All right, three talking points for this lesson. Number one, God is for you, not against you. That's where we talk about Matthew 8, 2. That's where a leper comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. See, he knew that God was able to heal him. He just didn't know if God wanted to heal him. In other words, he knew about the power of God, but he didn't know about the goodness of God. And so this first talking point is really to get people to have a proper view of God, that God is for people. He's not against them. He's not just all about judgment and wrath and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's the first point of this first lesson. Then we go on in that lesson to talk about how a pursuit of God can change everything in your life, not just your eternity, your eternal destiny, which which we'll get to, but it can also change your everyday life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give people a rich and satisfying life. So once again, that Jesus wants everyone to experience 
this fullness of life, this full life. And as a disciple maker, you want to get that across to the person that you're discipling. And this is where in lesson number one, we introduce the full circle picture of a pursuit of God, which is really kind of the way the whole series is outlined. Here's what we're helping people do in the pursuit, and not just in the pursuit, but in all the resources at PursueGod.org. Three things. First of all, we're helping people to trust Jesus. Secondly, we're helping people after they've trusted Jesus for salvation, we're helping them to honor God. And then finally, we're going to help people to make disciples. And so that three arrow circle, trust Jesus, honor God, make disciples, is the outline for the other three modules in the pursuit. So this first module, the first three lessons are introductory, and then the next module, lessons four through six, are the trust Jesus topics. That's where we're going to introduce Jesus and the gospel to people. The fourth, the third module is the honoring God module. That's where we're going to help people to understand about spiritual disciplines, getting baptized, all the things we do in our lives to honor God as Christians, otherwise known as sanctification. So module two is to trust Jesus. That would be the salvation module. We'll talk about sin, Jesus, and responding in faith. Module three is the sanctification module. That means we're going to help people to honor God in their lives. And then the final module in the pursuit is all about making disciples. And that's going to be sort of the training module. The last three lessons, topics 10, 11, and 12, are just all about how to make disciples using the Pursue God resources. Okay, so that's that's a quick little overview that we give in topic number one so that people kind of get a sense for where we're going over the 12-week series called The Pursuit. And then finally, the last, the last thing we say in lesson one, the last talking point for lesson one, is that God wants to be found by you and he, and he has made the first move. And that's where we share Jeremiah 29, 13, which is kind of the theme verse for PursueGod.org. And certainly it's the theme verse for uh, the pursuit. And it's where Jeremiah, or actually God says in the book of Jeremiah, he makes this promise, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you pursue me with your whole heart, you will find me. And so we just challenge people in lesson one. Again, think about this as you're discipling someone through this. We challenge people to go all in with the pursuit of God, like to have an open heart in their pursuit of God. And we invite them to, you know, to put God to the test that if you really look for God wholeheartedly, that you really will find the God of the Bible. Now, I want to just talk before I go on to lesson two, I want to talk about, talk through some of these discussion questions in lesson number one. Remember, this is like the first lesson you're bringing people through as you're discipling them. So the first question is, where do you put yourself on the continuum, far from God or close to God? That's a great um that's a great first question. Let the person that you're discipling answer that question. Where do they put themselves on the continuum? Uh, the next question d- dives into Matthew 8, and that, you know, what is the signif- why is it significant that Jesus touched the leper? Have you ever felt cast aside or unworthy of God's love? Share an example. So, discipler, here's what I want you to know. In lesson number one, you're trying to ask a lot of questions. You're trying to sort of till the soil of the heart of the person who is just getting started on their pursuit of God. Now, they might be a Christian already, or maybe you're not sure. Maybe they're just straight up a seeker. You're, you're allowing God's word to sink in for them. So hopefully you challenge them to watch the short video. 
I really, really encourage you to challenge them to listen to the full-length podcast and to read the scripture and to be ready to have this conversation. So when you sit down for lesson one, you're talking through just these broad, general, introductory concepts about pursuing God. And the last question, question number five for that first week, encourages people to read Jeremiah 29, 13. And the question is, what do you think it means to look wholeheartedly for God? That's a great example to make a list with somebody. And then at the end of that first week conversation, maybe you have it on the phone, maybe you have it at a coffee shop, whatever, then you can just say to that person, let's pray together. And then we'll meet you next week and make sure to do your homework for lesson number two. And so lesson number two is titled, Why the Bible? Now, here's how we structure lesson two. Now, the reason we we put this up front is we want to make sure we're going to be using a lot of scripture. And so if, if people don't understand why the Bible is reliable, then they're probably going to just, they're not going to read the Bible throughout the series. They're not going to take it seriously. So we believe it's really important for people to understand the reasons to trust the Bible. And here are the reasons. Number one, these are the three talking point, points. Ancient manuscripts and archaeological digs have stacked up in favor of biblical reliability. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people are going to be really interested in this lesson. For some people, some inquiring minds want to know, and other people aren't going to care about this. So you kind of have to read your audience here. Maybe this doesn't matter that much to the person that you're discipling. But for some of the people you disciple, this is going to be huge. Like they're this is going to be a very interesting topic for them to cover. So the first, the first um, reason to trust the Bible is called historical evidence. Again, I encourage you to just check out this out. We, you know, we talk, we compare it to like Aristotle and Homer, Homer's writings. And we talk about how reliable the New Testament is in terms of ancient manuscripts. It's got so much evidence. We talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls in this lesson, and that's the historical evidence. Number two, we talk about the textual evidence for the Bible that, you know, that it contains 66 books written by 40 different authors spanning the course of 1500 years, and yet it tells one coherent story. Just so interesting. We give some examples of that right there in the text. I encourage you to go check that out. And so the third type of evidence, so again, number one, it's historical evidence. Number two, it's personal, sorry, number two, it's textual evidence. And then number three, it's personal evidence, right? We talk about, and this for me is so important, is, is that the, the disciples trusted Jesus, even though at the end of the gospels, we see them like bailing on Jesus, right? At his, at his crucifixion, they, they bail on him, but then you know, we look at the story of Doubting Thomas, we look at the story of Peter, we look at the story of Paul, and we realize that something must have happened. Something must have happened if these, if these followers of Jesus totally radically changed their lives and in fact ended up dying for their faith when they weren't even willing to stand for Jesus at his trial and at his crucifixion. What is it that could have happened? The only reasonable answer is that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, really did appear to them. And so that, to me, is such a powerful example of why we can trust the Bible. So it's not just historical evidence. It's not just textual evidence. But it's also 
the personal evidence of the changed lives of the disciples. And by the way, this is an opportunity for you as the discipler to share your story with the person you're discipling. Share about how you are your evidence of the reliability of the Bible and the, and the truth of Jesus and the power of Jesus to change lives. So share your testimony at this point. Talk about your personal evidence for trusting Jesus and how he's changed your life. This is a great opportunity to do that. Lesson number two. Now we end lesson two with this passage from John 7. I want to mention this right now in this training podcast. John 7 verses 16 and 17 says, Jesus is speaking. My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. And I want to read what we say here at the end of this lesson, because I think it's really important for you as a disciple maker to understand this and maybe even to articulate this to the person you're discipling. If you're unwilling to submit to God's will, your pursuit is over before it has even started. But if you're willing to come to God on his terms and take him at his word, then Jesus promises that you'll discover the truth, right? That That's that's what he's saying here in, in John 7. He says, my message isn't my own. It comes from God. And anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. In other words, the prerequisite for really, for really accepting God's word as authoritative, the prerequisite is a heart that really wants to know God's will. That's what Jesus is saying in John 7. So what that means, the, the opposite of that is, is also true, that if you're discipling someone whose heart is hard toward God, and it doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what evidence you share, their heart is hard toward God, then they're not going to trust in Jesus for salvation. They're, they're not even going to give the Bible a chance because they've already made up their minds. But if the people are willing, if they have an openness, like I really want to know what's true, then, then Jesus says that those are the people who are going to receive God's word because they have an openness to receiving God's word. Another way to put this is what we said last week in the message or in the topic. Topic number one is if you will seek me and find me if you seek me with your whole heart. In other words, that if you, have the, if you come to God with this open heart, another way to say that in today's lingo is an open mind to God's word, then the Bible says that you're putting yourself in a position to really know who God is. And so that's your challenge to the person you're discipling, especially if they're a skeptic, is you're going to want to challenge them to keep an open mind to God's word as we continue to go through the pursuit together. Now, let's just take a look at the questions. So, you know, the first few questions at the end of lesson two are just all about the Bible, the evidences, which evidence is most compelling to you. Just really good, simple questions to explore with the person you're discipling. But question number five hits at what I just mentioned right here. Read John 7, 16 and 17. And here's the question you can ask your mentee. Are you interested in doing the will of God? And why do you think this is a prerequisite for discerning whether Christ's teachings are true? So again, the answer to that question is, is about just having an open heart, an open mind, like a willingness to hear. Jesus said it in some of the Gospels. He talks about the soil of your heart. If your soil is soft and fertile to receive the message, then you'll receive it. If it's hard, if you've already made up your mind that you're going to reject it, well then, really, probably that person you're discipling 
isn't even going to want to go to the third lesson. Because if their heart's not in it, then why even go to the third lesson? Okay, so that's lesson one and lesson two. Now remember, each module has three lessons. So the third lesson, before I get to that, let me just remind you, lesson one was about pursuing God and you know um, how God is for you, not against you. Lesson two is about why the Bible is so reliable and, and worth reading and, and, uh, and submitting to. And then lesson three in this, in this inter- introductory module is just called Imago Dei. And, and it, the title is How Imago Dei Changes Everything. Now, Imago Dei um, is God's image. That's what Imago Dei means, is being created in the image of God. And so here's what we talk about in this last lesson. The Bible teaches that humans are created in God's image and therefore are worthy of dignity and respect. Number two, Imago Dei provides the basis for all human rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Declaration of Independence. It's a very American (laughs) chapter here. And then number three, Imago Dei inspires us with a purpose to love God, others, and even ourselves. So the idea here is we're, we're just helping people to understand the value system of our culture. So this is really helpful because for a lot of people... They, when they think about when they think about Christianity, they think about like mean spirited, rule following fundamentalists. And what we're trying to help people to understand is, even though we're submitted to God and His Word because His Bible is reliable, that that doesn't turn us into like legalistic fundamentalists. But instead, it turns us into people who love, not just love God, but who love people. So that's kind of the big idea here. In fact, I want to read this first uh, paragraph from lesson three. Every culture has a value system that is shaped by core beliefs, and Western civilization is no exception. So whether you believe in biblical Christianity or not, you have been fundamentally shaped by its ideas. In this lesson, we'll investigate one of those ideas and how it has impacted the freedoms that we take for granted. So the fundamental idea is that everyone is created in the image of God. And that means that everyone has dignity, everyone has worth, everybody. Everybody has worth, everybody has dignity, not because of what we've done, not because of what we've worked for, but because we're created in the image of God. And God has stamped us with his image, and God has given us dignity and worth, and we and people matter to God. And so it's kind of an echo of that first lesson that you matter to God, that God is for you. He's not against you. So then we, we tie it to this, uh, you know, the, the, this concept from the founding fathers of America that, that we recognize that there's an authority above us and this authority, who's God, right? This authority is, is the one who gives us the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, again, we're not talking about this in the context of the American dream, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we're connecting it to really what Jesus is talking about in John 10.10. We're connecting it to like the full life that God wants us to have. So keep that in mind. We're not trying to be like nationalistic in lesson three. We're trying to point this, these concepts of life and liberty um, and the pursuit of happiness, we're pointing it to really something so much deeper than just American culture. We're, point, we're pointing people to the way that God intended us to live all along, that he wants us to pursue happiness. That's why Philippians 4 says that we should always be full of joy in the Lord. 
that that following Jesus, becoming a Christian is a joyous pursuit. It's a fulfilling pursuit. And it gives us this purpose in life, which we tie to Matthew 22. So at the end of the third module, at the end of lesson three of the third module, we, we finally share the, the, uh, great, the greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And so, so we talk about just this idea that as followers of Jesus, we have this purpose in life. Now that, you know, once we learn how to love God, this, we get this vertical relationship, right? Now it extends to our horizontal relationships. And, and pretty soon we look outward to other people and because we're, we're creating God's image, we're a reflection of him to the people around us. And so being, you know, being followers of Jesus means that we love the world. It means that we, we can change the world. We can impact the world. It's not this, this sort of me-centered thing. Christianity isn't. But Christianity is like an outward thing um, because we're creating the image of God and we should we should positively impact the world around us with the gospel message. And that's kind of the, how uh, lesson number three finishes up. It just, it finishes up with this challenge for people to look outward, not just inward, which is going to be a theme we'll come back to at the end of the pursuit, because looking outward means that we want to go make disciples. And so you, you can see as we, as we finish up lesson number three, that we've, We've given a proper introduction to a pursuit of God, right? We've we've talked about how God's for you, not against you. The Bible is worth believing and reading and submitting to. We're created in the image of God. So, so the introduction, these first three lessons kind of leave people on a very, very positive note. I want to make sure you understand that. It leaves people on this positive note that 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 God is good, that life can be good for Christians. But I want to give you just a heads up that lesson four is going to, is going to talk about the bad news. So, so lesson one, two, three sets people up for the good news. But then lesson four, before we share the good news, lesson four is going to share the bad news. Now, we'll share that in our next training topic. But for now, I think you have what you need to talk about the first module of the pursuit in this in this training fast track. So make sure to use the questions down below, have that conversation and prepare yourself, uh, you know, to bring, eventually bring someone through these, these first three lessons in the pursuit. And then don't forget, join us next time because in the next training podcast, we're going to talk about the second module out of four in the pursuit. You want to make sure to join us for that as well. So we'll see you then. Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.